minus 40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. Own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk. The number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. What a Monday, y'all. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. My name is TK Trinidad. This is the WWT Live Edition. And let me just be fully transparent. This is our second time doing it because I forgot to hit go live. With that being said, Mr. (laughs) Professor, what's going on? Take two. I love it. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. We were like really full on, like about to get started, like 10 minutes we we had gone into okay what's the first uh, what's the first article it was just hilarious but good to have you back boss lady thank you glad to be back and the man with the many shirts mr cedric what's going on i feel like we gotta do all that over again like um <laughs> so we had this whole spiel about me having a bunch of different shirts and merchandise and i said i own every new day shirt then we realized we weren't live so that all happened so it's kind of, we kind of got practice to kind of go into what y'all want to hear right now, which is the topics. Yes, I, I'm sure you guys didn't want to sh- hear about Cedric's shirt collection, but he has an extensive <laughs> one. Um, with that being said, uh, what 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 do we have for our first story? Bro, there are so many places we can go for this first story, but I guess we'll start with this line item uh, about one Tessa Blanchard, whose name, uh, when you say it, kind of has that weird little, you know, Twitch, you, you 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 just get the that twitch yeah it just kind of happens with her so she feels like she's got some unfinished business in the wrestling world and so she's ready to kind of get back into some things one of the things that she's getting back into is uh working back on the indie so she's recently signed with xpw she'll make her debut for that promotion uh on may the 27th um she says that she's got more that she wants to do she says that fans have been very accepting to her and the like uh she's only 27 but there's a lot that she has to do now remembering some of what she did she was the first woman to hold the men's impact world championship and so she was really kind of on a big roll but back in january 2020 you know some folks had some things to say about her backstage behavior she was criticized for using a racial slur during an argument against La Rosa Negra. Uh, And then, of course, that was January 2020. And then, of course, by March, we have the pandemic, the whole wrestling world changed, et cetera. 
Last month, apparently Tessa and La Rosa Negra uh, buried the hatchet. They were in a uh, social media post together. And so it looks like Tessa's ready to get back into the wrestling world. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but she wants to get back in. I mean, who, I mean, yes to second chances, I guess. I mean, like we, we've all, if we were, if all our dirt, cause we're not, none of us are perfect. So mm -hmm. we've all done or said some crazy stuff that's, uh, you know, it brought to light. I know for sure I would be canceled. Let me just be for myself. So it's just kind of like, um, you know, I guess why not? It just really, it just really just depends on um, black, uh, black fist saying she got the attitude of uh, her daddy and family. It really just depends on what she does now. I feel like sure. it, she, she, she was known for having poor etiquette backstage. So now that she is making her way back into the ring and working with organizations, it really just depends on what she does now. If now in a couple months we hear that her attitude still sucks, then it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, it's like only so many chances we can give you. So yeah, I mean, Hogan is still circling around in the wrestling universe. So it's interesting you mentioned his name, though, because though he is still circling, not everybody responds to him the way that they once did. True. Um, and so that's kind of the other interesting thing. I think what will be interesting here is obviously, number one, what she does. Also, number two, who's willing to give her an opportunity? Right. Um, you know, would she get an opportunity from WWE, um, from TNA again? I don't know from, you know, AEW from New Japan. I'm not sure. So mm -hmm. if she is relegated to the Indies, you know, it may take a while for her to really have to prove herself before another major company is ready to take a chance because an AEW or WWE or even an impact right now, they've got a lot more money. Uh, at on the line and they're not willing to take certain risks so that'll be interesting yeah um second chances yes to that but like you guys piggybacking off that it's what you do with those second chances in the article she talks a lot about her growth and how she's growing daily and certain things she's doing to practice better habits and i think um in a court of public opinion you know the internet never forgets that's one thing whenever her name comes up all the all the closets skeletons, stuff like that will always reemerge and be brought up. But we know on social media recently, her and uh, La Rosa Negra recently posted a picture, I want to say about a month ago. So seemingly they buried the hatchet. So if the person who um, was affected the most could have forgiven, then why can't the rest of us? Right. So um, like, like uh, you guys said, she's only 27, a lot of time left for her in ring if she wants to pursue that. But it's just a matter of the PR that we're not going to hear. So we might not hear stuff on the internet about how she is backstage and stuff like that, but if her peers have good things to say about her next time she gets the opportunity, then that's what matters. Right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. And and the the good and the the good and bad thing about where we are in society is that everybody has access to social media. So, mm -hmm. you know, you'll have, you know, wrestlers do or say things cryptically that we can pick up or you know, all the things. So yeah, hopefully she has learned her lesson and, you know, it, barring the stuff that from backstage and what she said, the track which that she was on was amazing. Like mm -hmm. what she did with, you know, Mae Young, what she did with Impact, like, you know, I have no doubt if 
all of that didn't happen, she would have wrestled at AEW. Like she, she definitely has a lot of talent. Um, so, you know, hopefully it does work out for her. Um, but I think the main thing is, and this is going to sound like real, like LA cliche, you know, get your crystals type thing. But the main thing is it in her heart, she actually really understood where, um, people were coming from and she did the research and she like, you know, not necessarily ask for forgiveness, but ask for understanding, like talk to those who are willing to talk with her and be open with her as far as what the reasons why people are upset, then that's what, that's my bigger hope because then now you can evolve as a human and as a person, because at the end of the day, this wrestling thing, these sports things, this TV thing, all that's going to fade and you're going to be old and you don't, you want to be remembered for the great things you did, not the terrible things that you said when you were in your twenties. So, you know, we'll hope, hopefully, you know, hope for the best for her. Yeah. And to that end, you know, if she's done the work, that will be much different than what Hogan has done or not done. And I think people will be able to respond to that differently than Hogan just saying, I'm back, you know? So if she, if she's done that work, demonstrates it, I think there's room for that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough time for her. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe does she deserve, does she deserve this? I feel like we haven't talked about her. We haven't talked about her that much. So I mean, you're going to put her in the box already. Yeah. Already. Wow. I mean, show us some things before we can talk about you more. Are we, we welcomed you back. We're going to see what's up. But, you know, we can't keep talking about you coming back. So let's, let's you know, we'll, we'll put you in the box for now. Uh, what, do we, what do we got next? I want to talk about um, what was previously the biggest pop I've seen in the last year until Bad Bunny took that a week ago. Bray Wyatt. It's being reported that he's not currently on the WWE's internal roster for anything. Not nothing, no plans. So that says a lot. And Bray's been a very polarizing figure for seemingly coming back, doing a lot of cryptic messages, having a lot of angles that have led to nowhere. Kind of the story of his career. A lot of people are upset that they don't see, actually see him work in a ring. He hasn't wrestled a match in two months. So now there's currently no plans for Bray Wyatt. And I think I recently saw him reply on Twitter to somebody that just something along the lines of soon. So is this more like, smoke and mirrors or is this a sign of him possibly being released again what do you guys think well bosa saying uh, he's been dealing with health issues for a while pw insiders reporting uncle howdy still is so i i think bray is bray is a little bit different like i i definitely agree there's like stuff in his career where it's like he gets there and then like it kind of fades away but the idea is that he does come up with, because I believe he has full creative control. Wasn't that part of like his latest contract or something like that? The ideas he comes up with is like pretty good. So I feel like it's probably a combination, like maybe he is injured and, you know, also searching for that. Cause he can't just be that guy who's back. It's like, I'm here to wrestle. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. very gimmicky. There's a whole story surrounded within the story. So um, I don't think, I don't, I I think this adds more mystique to him. Like he's not, I feel like he's not the traditional wrestler. So there, even though he's not on the internal, that doesn't mean that we're not going to see him. This is true. 
This is true. Interesting. The fans kind of turn on him so quick, too, man. It's, it's sad to see that. When he came back last year, it was so deafening in that arena. Mm -hmm. And just months later, everybody's like, oh, well, he hasn't done anything yet and wrestled. So it's like it's sad to see because he might have real life stuff going on. I think him and Joe San just had a, a child last year, too. So like real life does happen to people and people don't right. consider it. They just want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. Oh, the wonderful Internet wrestling community. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that the internet wrestling community can be fickle, and this is another one of those examples. I mean, I'm not the, the story that he was starting to tell was certainly meant to be a long term story. It was not something that was going to just happen in two months or happen in three months. And I think people all of a sudden, it just amazed me how people went from the intrigue of the white rabbit and these, you know, QR codes and figuring all that stuff out and people losing their stuff over it to all of a sudden, oh, this story doesn't make sense anymore. You know, I, it's it, it just, you know, Brian Danielson, when he was the vegan world champion, he said that the fans were fickle. And I think this is being proven right now. I mean, all the folks who screamed and cried for Bray to come back you know, turn on him this fast because they didn't like the Mountain Dew match, you know? So I think, again, like we've seen in a ton of other people with Carmella and several others, let's give it some time and see what plays out. And we may find out, you know, because people went crazy about Carmella, you know, well, why was she taking off of WrestleMania? Oh, she's good enough to host the unveiling, but she's not, she's pregnant. Then everybody's <laughs> like, oh, my bad. <laughs> You know, like, so I just think we have to kind of give this some time, see where Bray, because here's the other question. If Bray was there right now, where would you put him? What would you do with Bray right now? Right. I mean, with all of the stories that are happening right now that have things locked up, where would you put Bray? We've already kind of said we don't expect Bray to fight for a championship. So then that means there has to be some other story somewhere that is of interest for Bray Wyatt. And we don't know what that is. So I think, again, everybody just chill. People yeah. get, would probably get pissed off about this, but, I mean, we're doing it with Brock anyway. He probably would have been the perfect Cody distraction. Hmm? Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. could have he did some real trippy stuff with Cody. Yeah, just to, like, get him away from the belt for, like, three, four months. It could have been the perfect distraction. It would have been just completely ominous, random, like all of his other feuds. Mm -hmm. Could have worked. Yeah. And I guess it still could if he comes back in time. Yeah, I think that's um, that's the good like this is essentially what I was saying before. It's a good and bad thing because now we have access to these wrestlers and wrestlers have access to us. It's not, you know, where, you know, the front facing WWE is now speaking for you, even though WWE is, you know, they're they're kind of tight on the reins with things. Um, but the fact that, you know, we can see that Carmela is pregnant, we could see all these things. Um, it just it may, it makes for some muddy waters because now we feel like we almost have ownership. Like I bring it to which has nothing to do with wrestling, but Jamie Foxx. Like perfect example, like three, four weeks, like everybody's saying, pray for him, pray for him, pray for mm -hmm. him. But I'm like looking at these, re these reports and I'm just like, and I mean, 
I definitely hope everything is okay. But if he wants to deal with something privately, then let him deal with something privately. Then the the daughter comes and said he's okay. He's playing pickleball. People now questioning that. Then there was a release on the show. It's just kind of like y'all just need to take a beat. Like entitlement. Like so much entitlement to people's lives that we don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I I I don't believe that he'll be leaving the company. I just believe that, you know, it's either injury, it's timing. I feel like they have enough faith in his gimmicks and his creativity that they're just looking for that right time where if he is injured for him to not be injured. And then also to like do something like, you know, come up with something. So um, I feel like his contract and how he moves within WWE is a little bit different than a lot of the other wrestlers. So I'm pretty sure that was the most viewed video for the wwe on youtube last year his uh, return no the actual return oh yeah that yeah, was it was big it was massive big. it was massive all right so what do we got next all right well from the uh seeming darkness of bray wyatt to dark side of the ring which of course is scheduled to premiere in a couple of weeks season four but there's a little bit of interesting news their parent company vice media who helps to air this it's just filed for bankruptcy. That's kind of a problem because Vice Media is the parent company of Vice TV. So Vice Media has officially filed for bankruptcy in a New York court. And uh, as negative as the idea of bankruptcy sounds, there's actually a plan involved. And maybe they took a plan uh, from WWE, perhaps, because it's believed that them going to file bankruptcy is designed to actually make the sale of Vice Media that much easier. And apparently there's an offer out for Vice Media to the tune of $225 million. So if all goes well, none of this should hopefully detri- uh, be detrimental to the premiere of Dark Side of the Ring, but it's bankruptcy. So you never really know. This is true. I remember when I used to work for iHeart, uh, they, they've been talking about bankruptcy for the better part of maybe five or six years. Like I used to get letters and everything and it's still there. Um, right. I, don't know, I don't even know if the bankruptcy happened. I don't, I don't know. All I know is that the majority of stations are still there. People are still there. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's it just really is just dependent on what it really is. I feel like um, you know, us folk who are not swimming in the millions, who are like thousandaires, but we're not millionaires, you know, it's it's a little bit different when we claim bank like if we claim bankruptcy, that means we really don't got we don't got nothing. I don't know. Right. Tell you. Bill collect right. bill collector, I can't tell you when I could pay the bill. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when I you know, I don't know. I can't tell you. So yeah. um, but it's a little bit different when you know people are in the millions and billions, you know, it's typically not the same thing so we'll yeah. see yeah yeah they, they play that game a little bit differently yeah mm-hmm. yeah it also feels like it was kind of a a lateral move kind of a means to the end filing for bankruptcy because which company could possibly pick it up now um there's apparently an offer at 225 million that they would want kind of makes it either what if this endeavor company picks it up it's interesting you I know, mean, it, it, Paramount, like, there's well, a- I was going to say the Paramount piece. Paramount did this big cut recently that got rid of MTV News, but also got rid of Vice News as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of this, I'm sure, as well. So this is all it, again. These are 
to your point, TK, these are, you know, bankruptcy when you're dealing with millionaires and billionaires hits differently than what mm -hmm. it is for us. It means different things too. So it does. And that then, and the thing too, with the enter entertainment industry, cause like seeing this a lot, like there's a lot of cuts happening and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but what, you know, what you're seeing, if you actually read down in a lot of the reports is that there are a lot of cuts happening. However, there's more jobs actually being created, but those jobs are to make more money. So if right. you're like a creative um, and, you know, they have to put in money for whatever you're doing as the creative, they're now going to cut your job. And, you know, if there was 10 of you, there might be three of you now, and they're going to bring on more salespeople, or they're going to bring more ad copy people, they're going to bring more people that are actually going to bring in money. So when you see a lot of these cuts, it's like, yeah, these people are getting cut, but there's a higher, there's a high chance that they're bringing in other people to actually bring bring in money for the company. So it's just like a lot of moving parts happening. And also too, with like the Vice News and the MTV News, like, I don't know, let me know in the chat. Who's, when is the last time you watched MTV News? Well, then there's that. Then there's that. It's like, changed quite a bit. Yeah. When's the last time you watched Vice? And I and I think the last time I did watch Vice News, I think it's a good product. However, is. news is not what news is anymore. So, right. you know, we're not looking for the long form type things anymore. You're you're looking at like when I was doing news, you're looking at 90 seconds. Now mm -hmm. you're you you probably it's you're looking at like 63 seconds mm -hmm. to tell a whole story. So, yeah. you know, the con like what Vice was doing was great for people to actually, you know, learn, but that's not the model that we're in right now. So right. guaranteed they probably weren't selling spots and all the things. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And MTV's changed its function as well. You know, it's not even music television anymore. So, yeah. you know, you're going to have a completely different group of people in there who, if they even watch the news, you know, it, the news is just going to be presented much differently. And shout right. out to Kurt Loader. Yeah, wasn't that like I remember seeing him <laughs> when they do the MTV, um, like this was the 90s thing. Like that's how I yes. know. Like it's, it's just kind of like, you know, it's it's not it's not what it what it what it what it what it um, what it used to be. It's not what yeah. that's not how we get our news. So. Um, oh, yo, <laughs> that would be <laughs> Um, crazy. All right. Well, I mean, I'm sure Dark Side, I don't know. We'll see. It, it's also numbers too. Dark Side Ring is actually doing numbers and Vice is still around. It's going to mm -hmm. be, you know, the what the shows that are doing the most most numbers. I don't yeah, I don't yeah. see if they're doing terror if they're doing great numbers, they would be canceled. So, yeah, no, yeah. Dark Side has been doing amazing numbers for them. And and that actually led to the Dark Side of Football series and another Dark Side series. So yeah, that's kind of the flagship show there. It's like yeah. Dark Side of the 90s, I think. Mm -hmm. It all stemmed from Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. They actually had great topics for season. I know they I need do. to, I think I stopped watching after like season two because it got, there was like a really gory one, like the death match one. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, then you, so then you missed the, the uh, plane ride from hell one in season three. No, I actually, I think I did watch the plane ride from hell. I did watch okay. that. There was one, okay. it might have been after that. Okay. Where it was just like super gory, like it was like blood, and like I, I barely watched the episode, and I was. I'm sure it was the death match one, back, and I was like, mm -hmm. mm, "I'm good," um, yeah. and I haven't been back since, so I have to go back and catch up. But yeah, season four, Marty Janetti. Yeah. A little yeah. bit much for me. Um, yeah. All right, what do we have next? Well, 
I want to talk about this because we finally got some more wrinkles into this bloodline saga, but we know a certain cousin that's not going to really be there and he ain't been there. It's being reported that Dwayne Johnson was actually at a cameo in Fast 10, which is recently released, I think, last week. I don't know if you watch those films. I stopped watching it. There's a funny tweet that's going around about when did the Fast uh, franchise suspend all reality <laughs> and beliefs? So if you haven't seen that, check it out. But we know that Dwayne Johnson is now back with the franchise after a pretty ugly exit that got very personal between him and Vin Diesel and other cast members, which allowed him to do a spinoff with Hobbs and Shaw. What do you guys think about, one, did you guys see the movie? Two, what does this mean for Dwayne going forward with his franchise, still making movies? And why is he not back in the WWE just yet? <laughs> That's loaded. Um I don't think that Fast and Furious 10 is out yet. I think it's on the way, but let me, I'm just double checking that now. Um, Fast and Furious 10. <laughs> that is a good one, JD. That. Wow. That, JD, you have, this was a good one. JD says, sad, Dwayne will show up for, the, wow. for Vince's family, but not for his own family. That, you know what, JD? Wow. I don't think I've ever given this to anybody in the chat before, but that, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was a good one. Yeah. So fast, uh, fast ten actually comes out this Friday. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so it'll be out this Friday. Hence, but that's why there's a spoiler. Um, go back to the question. I got so stuck on on that. But will he come back to WWE? And I feel like he can use the press, right? After all the Black Adam fall, he can use the press, but it's, he still hasn't hasn't hit that button yet. Yeah, you know, I, I, part of me gets concerned because I start thinking about time for him, right? Like, you know, you, you can't be out of the ring for too long before, mm -hmm. you know, your body just doesn't jump back into that. Particularly if you're going to be fighting the number one star in the business. Like if you're having a comeback match against a mid-carder that we haven't seen or another legend, then it's all good. But if you're coming back against the guy who, you know, in a few days will be at a thousand days as WWE champion, um, yeah, you're gonna have to do some work to get in shape. And so he's not gonna show up for, you know, uh, Money in the Bank or you know, right. Extreme Rules or something. It has to be WrestleMania. Like, there's no other. It's not gonna be Rumble. It has to be Mania. So we're talking adding almost another year to his age at that point. And so it, it's getting to a point where if he doesn't do it in Philly, it ain't happening. And I'm not sure that it's going to happen in Philly because at this point, he's he he caught he makes too much money for too many other people mm -hmm. for him to afford to get hurt. If he gets hurt because when he got hurt in that match with Cena, um, you know, that cost him a little bit. And so he's been super careful after that. So I I almost am ready to just say, let the dream go. And we'll just remember him as he was. He can come back and do some great promos. And we'll all get excited about it. But I don't think at this point, since he didn't do it in L.A., which was the perfect time, mm -hmm. then, yeah, I think we missed Can I play it. devil's advocate? Sure. Um, why can't it be a squash match? Kind of like. 
Goldberg Lesnar when they redid that. Just a quick one minute and a half train wreck because arguably Dwayne's the bigger star still. It would add the shock value. I don't. You, I, I, I that, that wouldn't would draw views if it was like, oh wow, we didn't expect Roman to lose that fast. Draw, it would draw views. I like any if he comes back. Period. It'll draw views. Um, I just think that you know we really want to see him against Roman, and if if it was him against Roman and it was a squash match, then it would be like then then talking about fickle wrestling fans then be like well what was the point of this you didn't prepare right. like this was terrible so i i feel like maybe it's kind of almost when um eddie murphy like the reason why he hadn't done stand-up in so long is just because like he felt like he wasn't like ready to come back like he had when he his thing is like when he came back he wanted to be the same eddie murphy that we knew stand-up wise but it had been like 20 years since he did a stand-up so I feel like it's the same thing for, for The Rock where I feel like he know he knows wrestling. He knows the rest. Like he, he knows it. It's in his blood. And I feel like part of him doesn't is not going to pull that trigger. One, because there's a lot of people that, you know, financially it doesn't make sense. But two, he might not. He knows that he wouldn't be the rock that we're used to. So like if he's running slow, like we can't we don't see all those things because we just see him in movies. But if he's running slower, if he can't take bumps the same way, if he's just, you know, just older, like, we're going to be like, oh, this is not what I, mean, I just saw John Cena take, like, 30 seconds to run the ramp at WrestleMania. Well, that, was, that was. And Cena did fine. not look good at Mania. Yeah. Let's be. <laughs> Cena didn't look good at SummerSlam, you know. So, but, but TK, you just raised a point I never thought of, and that is. Can The Rock go in a live setting? You do all these movies, you get multiple takes to get it right. You don't get multiple takes at WrestleMania. You got one shot. And so if you mess it up, you don't get to go back. You know, people forget this is the same Rock that forgot his lines that had to write his lines on his wrist and got called out about it. And that was 10 years ago. So I just... I think we do, we're probably going to have to say there are more reasons right now for him not to show up than for him to show up. Yeah, um, I think we all yeah. want him to, but then I think we also might be disappointed, which is Highly. probably the reason why he hasn't. Like he's and like, I don't blame him. I know, yeah, and it's like I know you guys want me to, but what you're gonna get is this, and I know you guys are not gonna like that. So, so like you know, I can give you what you want, but you know, you're still going to be upset at me either way. So let me just collect my check and you guys can still be upset at me and every, everything is good. I, I just, and, and, you know, he might surprise us, but I think money-wise it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, we don't, they, I know Triple H and a lot of people did say that the bloodline storyline has more twists and turns and all the things, but yeah, I, I'd see it more as, yeah, like you were saying, um, like more like he might do a promo, he might mm -hmm. like affect something, but as far as him wrestling in the ring, yeah. I, and, he, and he looks bigger than before and not even like, in a, just muscle wise. Right. So it's like, you're carrying all that muscle, but have you trained that muscle to actually be in the, like to be ring ready? Cause it's like, it's just almost like you're training a new body for the ring. Mm -hmm. So there's that element too. And you know, like when does he have time to do that? Like, what if they did a cinematic match? 
<laughs> but you know what? Hot take. Uh, we only really like The Rock for his promos anyway. True. So if, he, so if he came back and did that, we'd all be satisfied. He can come back and talk a great game. He doesn't have to get back in the ring anymore. And, and, and with that, he could do that whenever and however long. He still can talk. Right. But how much, how much is WWE or Endeavor willing to pay The Rock to talk? <laughs> it, it depends on how much uh, they they think he'll bring in, right? They'll pay him. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 see. Um, good um, good tease, by the way. I was like, what story are we talking about? I was like, do we have that story? <laughs> right. So, that was good. That was a good tease. But see, this is your first time. Look, this is for you, Cedric. So, what do we got next? Well, going from one great talker to another who made a weird appearance that nobody expected, what do you think you would do if you went to an indie show and the AEW World Champion showed up? Ah, you probably wouldn't expect it, and neither did I or anybody else. But MJF, the current AEW World Champion, wrestled his first independent match since he signed with AEW. And he wrestled at a promotion that you may or may not have heard of. It's called Create a Pro Wrestling. And part of the reason that they did this was, A, it was their homecoming show. B, it was in Melville, New York, which is in Long Island. And C, that is actually the promotion that he actually broke in the business with. So he was initially uh, promoted to just do a meet and greet. But he wasn't actually advertised to wrestle in a match. So we ended up wrestling in a match against a guy named Leo Sparrow, won the match in about nine minutes, thanked everybody for all that Create a Pro Wrestling Academy has done. And then, of course, he led to his upcoming main event match uh, against the four pillars for the world title at Double or Nothing. But just crazy to think that the AEW world champion, one of the most prestigious titles, uh, in the business gets defended at an independent show. But that happened this weekend. I wonder how that conversation went or did it even happen? Like, I, I, I like MJF because I really don't know if he is truly like an asshole and just does whatever he wants mm -hmm. or like he's truly an asshole but respects the business and like knows how to play the game. Like I, tr and I, I actually really like that. Cause you don't like, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody yeah. can let me know, but it just like, I'm, I'm very like, cause I watched his promo and it's like, this is not the first time he's done his long ass promos, but I'm just kind of mm -hmm. like, do you like, is this like your true feeling on it? Or is this the <laughs> character that you're playing? And I can't tell the difference. And I, and I like it. I appreciate it. I think when I saw the video over the weekend, I thought that was really cool, man. I think that's one thing that AEW can do with certain moments that WWE can't is making magic like that happen. So if you were a fan in attendance there, you, you had to be so surprised, but also feel very fulfilled, even if you got to do the meet and greet and then he actually wrestled a match. I thought that was solid, man. All around. Really cool stuff. Uh, yeah. Bosa saying he is, he is, he's an asshole. So Bosa. <laughs> I actually think he's a really nice guy. Just plays the hill role so well. Like, wait, see, see, this is what I'm saying. Like, are you serious, or do you like, are you joking? Me? No, I, I, I think he's probably like a really nice guy, but just plays the like he lives the gimmick. You know, I, oh, I don't man. think he's a like a, a mean person in reality at all. 
I don't know, because I would find it so funny, like say like, I'm like playing this like possible scenario and I like, we, I see him somewhere and we're just like walking, like it's just like normal people and he holds the door, like I'd be kind of shocked. Like, yeah. like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like he might be a really nice person, but like, it's just, it's, it's, he plays it, if, if it is true, he plays it really well. Um, did did you know, sing musicals? You can't be a bad guy if you sing musicals. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's just a talented bad guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh well, uh, I got to throw a curveball in here because AEW did some really interesting things this weekend. They did the MJF thing, but then at our Southern Honors show, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but uh, Carly Bravo, who has been in Ring of Honor and uh, AEW as part of a team called the Infantry with Sean Dean. Um, was scheduled to be in a first-round match of the Jake the Snake Roberts Invitational uh, Legacy Title Tournament. In there, uh, the captain, Sean Dean, comes out. Nobody knows that he's there or why he's there. And he tells uh, Carly that you can't wrestle in this tournament. And Carly's legit like, okay, what are you talking about? This doesn't make sense. And he says, you can't wrestle in this tournament because we have new orders. We are officially all elite. So Carly Bravo finds out that he is signed to All Elite at Southern Honor this weekend. Pretty dope. I like that AEW is able to do this kind of stuff randomly at independent shows. Um, it's pretty awesome. Wait, so were you supposed to say that? Like, wasn't it? Isn't it recorded or? Oh, like it's the... recorded. We're gonna air the show, but the but... news is already out. So oh, okay, because I was yeah. like, no, I don't want you getting us in trouble. Oh no, 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 no. The news is better. out. Yeah. The news went out fast, okay. so okay. that's why I can talk about it. It's, okay. it's just, fine. Just making sure. I was just you guys will see it eventually on IWTV, but shout out to Carly Bravo and shout out to all things AEW. I mean, these are cool moments, they they, are. and this is why going to indie shows are important because you just don't know, you know when these kinds of moments will potentially happen. There it is. And speaking of moments of the past, we're going to get into it. Bitch wrestling facts. Yeah, I see what you did there. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, let's hop into these uh, <laughs> vintage wrestling facts very quickly. Uh, let's go back to 1992, which isn't too, too far in the vault. Just about 30 years, though. I realize there are probably some people watching this that were not born 30 years. Ella, ago. Ella, Ella. Ella. Uh, so 30 years ago, I guess 31 years ago today, uh, the, the promotion AAA, which we do a lot of talking about, officially launched on this day in 1992. AAA, of course, brought us guys like Conan, also brought us, of course, Rey Mysterio. And in modern day times, well, actually, I can go back. We can talk about a lot of that Lucha movement that became the cruiserweight division in WCW came from AAA. And now, we can look at guys like El Ijo Del Vikingo and Commander and several others that are still coming from AAA. So AAA has done very, very well. Let's move to 2000 uh, because I mentioned WCW. WCW Nitro on this day came from Biloxi, Mississippi and had not one, not two, but three title changes. The first was a tag team title change where the team known as Chronic Nothing to do with Snoop or Dr. Dre, by the way. Uh, it consisted of Brian Adams, Brian Clark, who were once known as Adam Bomb and Crush in the WWE. They defeated the franchise Shane Douglas, former ECW world champion, and a guy called The Wall. Imagine that being your wrestling name. So they won the tag titles from those two. 
also, and, and I can't even explain how this happens, but it just happens. There was a tag match, a mixed tag match for the Cruiserweight Championship where Crowbar and Daphne defeated Chris Candido and Tammy. Wacky WCW booking. And, of course, to end that night, Ric Flair would, end his, would win his 15th world championship by defeating Jeff Jarrett for the WCW world title. Again, in 2000, folks. 2000. Same day. Uh, well, let's not talk about the same day. Let's talk about 2001. That's better. 2001 um, in Louisville, Kentucky. It was the go-home episode of SmackDown right before the Judgment Day pay-per-view. And uh, Triple H and The Undertaker were in the main event, and they fought to a no contest. Now, this is important because this would be the last time you would see Triple H on SmackDown for about eight to nine months. Because after Judgment Day, the next day he'd be on Monday Night Raw where he would tear his quads, and we wouldn't see him for about nine months. This day in 2004, in Lexington, Massachusetts, uh, a team called the Second City Saints, it's a team of Colt Cabana and CM Punk during happier times, defeated the Briscoes to become the ROH Tag Team Champions. Who would know how messy their lives would turn out to be years later? Then in 2005, I mentioned, of course, Jeff Jarrett losing the WCW world title in 2000. Well, in 2005, he would win the NWA world championship from AJ Styles in the main event of TNA Hard Justice. And in case you guys didn't know, TNA was once a part of the NWA and recognized the NWA world championship as its world title until it eventually broke away and created its own world championship. 2006, more wacky and interesting title changes. Shelton Benjamin regains the Intercontinental Championship from RVD, but not in a normal match, in a three-on-two Texas Tornado match. Yeah, just strange. That's all I can say about it. Very, very strange. All right, uh, 2007, ECW icon Sabu ends up leaving the WWE after being there for a year. Of course, some people would like to forget ECW's WWE run when they called it WWECW, but you remember that too. All right, last but not least, in 2011, again, a bad day for RVD. RVD, of course, in 2006, lost the Intercontinental Championship. Five years later, he would lose the, uh, the TNA World Championship, and he'd lose that to Sting in the main event of TNA Sacrifice. Now, this is also interesting because it marked the one and only ring appearance for China in TNA. Probably forgot that. I know I did. China was in a mixed tag match with Kurt Angle, and they defeated Jeff and Karen Jarrett. Lots of interesting history there. Also interesting that, uh, well, never mind. Let's just not do that. That's what happened on this day in 2011, and those are your vintage wrestling facts. I kind of want to know what you are going to say there. Vintage <laughs> wrestling facts. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I was going to say was I just think it's interesting that Kurt Angle ends up being kind of the guy who ends up in these interesting mixed tag matches when you want to introduce people to promotions. China to TNA, Ronda Rousey to WWE, just kind of one of those things, you know. That's an interesting parallel. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Uh, with that being said, I think the other stuff, you know, this Ooh. ongoing story, what, what are you going to say? 
I got one because I didn't see this on our sheet, but we talked about this in the chat a little bit, I think, yesterday. This is Women's Wrestling Talk. And what did you guys think of Alundra Blazer's remarks in regards to Trish Stratus on social uh, media? Her yeah. saying that Trish kind of undone everything she did to build up women's wrestling. We should is, that, started. Is, that is that her angling for kind of a match or is, is that like real well, spill? If you watched, because we got to, um, we actually got to interview um, Medusa. Uh, God, was it last year? I don't know. These interviews bleed, blend together. But we got to interview her, and she did talk about the fact that she never officially retired and that she would want, she does want, like, another round to, like, actually, like, retire because all of us know how it all happened. And then she did the monster uh, truck driving and all, this, all the things. So, um when I saw this, because this actually went out in also the women's wrestling talk chat, um, it felt like because she seems like a really like no nonsense woman, but also nice. So it felt like um, either that she is angling because Trish is back and Lita's back. I mean, they're, you know, it's at the capacity that they're at, that she is angling. And the fact Trish did make that statement. You know, there's there's it, the, with the evolution of women's wrestling, like we can't not talk about Medusa. So um, I, I think, and I'm hoping this is more of an angle than reality. Um, but again, this was kind of what we were talking about before, back before social media, we really don't know what happened in the locker rooms. We really don't know what people are really saying. And, you know, um, I, I feel like people in general, we weren't really able to air our grievances or have problems or all, all that stuff. So um, yeah, I'm hoping it's a work, but it might not be. It's hard to say. Um, it's it's really hard to say. You know, it, it, it's interesting when you think about the eras that both uh, Medusa and uh, Trish Stratus have been a part of, because Medusa's era was interesting. You know, that late '80s, early '90s, when again wrestlers were trying to move from under the shadow of the fabulous Moolah and from being just an attraction. And a lot of people talk about the, the killer match she had with Bull Nakano on Monday Night Raw, you know, which was a game changer that WWE clearly wasn't ready for. So, you know, you fast forward to a Trish Stratus and, you know, Trish Stratus, of course, enters the business managing a team called TNA. Right. You know, and they were leveraging, obviously, her being a model and things of that nature. And her early spaces in wrestling weren't the greatest because she was learning. But then there was a moment where things kind of clicked for her. So it, it's interesting. I, it'd be hard to validate that statement from Medusa that Trish undid everything that Medusa, like, I, I can't find validity in that. I mean, mm -hmm. if anything, I think Trish built on it and laid, the plat laid another layer of a platform so that we can have kind of the women's movement that we have now. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything that she did to undo it. So my hope is with what you said, T TK, that this is kind of an angle um, to do enough stuff socially to get her in a conversation. Um, now, I'm interested in how they would spin that if they are trying to bring her back, how they will position that. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. We, will, we shall see. I mean, we always have SummerSlam. And I, I, would, I, would, I actually would really love to see that. That'd be dope. Yeah, I think I don't think the difference between like how we were talking about like The Rock. I think Medusa has been 
she has she's she's ring ready like i feel yes. like he was she she's always like a few steps away from being ring ready whereas yeah. the rock is like i'm gonna lift this and all the monster trucks in my house yeah. and i'm just gonna be big um right. and i'm gonna be movie ready um, right so i would i would i would like to see that but you know yeah. we'll see well it'd be very we'll, telling that trish doesn't respond to it but maybe that's the angle too. Right. So it's just kind of like, you know, these are very um, experienced wrestlers. And I feel like they both know how to use social media to their benefit. Like they're not on social media all the time, but they're on social media. And um, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So right. yeah, it, it just doesn't respond. You know, we might see Medusa just show up on a show, which would be fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, we, we, we don't know. Uh, but what we do know is that we need to get out of here because we have a whole nother show after this. And with that being said, uh, Cedric with the 102 t-shirts, where can everybody find you? 102, okay. <laughs> you can find me on the Bird app at Said Says at C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. On the gram at Said is the Answer. And on Daily DDT, I write articles. Uh, wrote an article about Backlash a week ago. Check out some of my work there. And Mr. Professor? You can check me uh, at Bonnerfied on all of the socials. You can also check out my commentary work with Southern Honor on IWTV. Uh, SHW 50 will be dropping really soon, so make sure you check that out. Also, all things Battle Slam, you can check on Fight TV. And I hear there might be a Battle Slam announcement coming this week, so that'll be cool. And uh, then we have all things Nightmare Factory on YouTube as well. And I thought I had something else to mention, but I can't remember what it is. So. That'll be cool. Check out all things again here at Bonnerfied, and I'll be here on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. There it is. You can find me on everything at TK Trinidad. Make sure you follow us on everything at WW Talk Pod, uh, social media, all that good stuff. And like I said, we have Wow right after this. We also have um, our Raw show as well, and so many other shows. So take a look. Until then, you guys will we will see you guys. Well in this hour, but then also on Wednesday, pretty much every day of the week. Ciao, y'all. Hey, peeps. TK Trinidad here, boss lady of Women's Wrestling Talk. And I want to say thank you so much for watching because you've got millions of options. Plus, you don't have to worry about sharing your password to check us out. But while you're here, hopefully you know we have so many more shows to watch, like Turnbuckle Glam, Raw Post Show, WOW Post Show, AEW Dynamite Post Show, Women's Wrestling Army Post Show, NXT Post Show, Impact Wrestling Post Show, AEW Rampage and SmackDown Live Post Show, On The Scroll, ROH Post Show, WWT Live, plus all of our interviews with the hottest women's wrestlers in the game. Make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. Check out our website at www.talkpod.com and follow us on all social media platforms at www.talkpod and make sure to spread the word. That means send this to the group chat. Yes, even the person with the green bubble. Thanks again so much for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao for now. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.